Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and it's good to have basketball back. I missed it during that one week, but this game against the LA Clippers, where the Warriors got throttled, reminded me why this season has been the way it is. They started off fine. The game was going okay. They almost had a lead going into the second quarter, and things were looking relatively promising. We didn't know if Wiseman was going to play. Kerr put Pascal in halfway through the first quarter instead of Wiseman, so I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe as quote-unquote punishment, he was going to get second quarter minutes, but he didn't. And that second unit <laughs> struggled. Kerr swapped out. Brad Wanamaker, like everyone expected he would, and swapped in Jordan Poole and Nico Mannion. They're hoping that those guys are going to be more of an offensive spark for that second unit. And to be honest, they look like they had (laughs) jitters. They didn't play terribly, but they couldn't get much going. No one was hitting shots for a while. And then all of a sudden, the Clippers just started increasing that lead and increasing that lead. And by the time the second half came around, it was pretty much a a done deal. Now, I've been down on Jordan Poole, but obviously I want the guy to succeed and be a positive force on the Warriors. He was okay, you know. Uh, I'm open to giving him more time. Nico Mannion, that dude had some good moments. He had some iffy moments, but he has done nothing to show me that he doesn't belong. Again, I keep saying this, and I've been saying it since the day he got drafted, I know. But he just knows how to play point guard. That's it. He knows how to run an offense. When the ball's in his hands, he has command of it. And he's decisive. He just needs to start hitting his shot a little bit more consistently. He got blocked on a mid-range jumper that probably worked in college. Maybe worked in the G League, but not in the NBA. So he just needs to get adjusted to those things. But I'm definitely looking forward to his progress. And I can see him being a positive contributor as soon as next season on the second unit, once the Warriors are back in, knock on wood, back in contention. So as poorly as the second unit played, I am way more intrigued in watching that unit with Mannion and Poole than watching Wanamaker run it. You know what you get with him, at least with Poole and Mannion. They got They got skills, they got talent, and uh, they might just, dare I say, get better. There was that one clip of Steph Curry during a timeout, really, really like trying to rile his team up and get them going. That's cool to see, but this is just kind of who they are at this point. The fate of this Warriors team as currently constructed, no matter how far they get, whether it's just missing the playoffs, whether it's getting to the play-in round, or getting to the first round or surprising people get to the second round, they're only going to get as far as Curry takes them. Their fate ultimately in the final, final game that they lose this season will be Steph did what he could, but he didn't have anybody else to score around him. Oubre was just okay. Andrew Wiggins, he was missing badly. And when that dude misses, he misses. There's no like, oh, this might roll in. There's no real touch. It's either like it rattles in or it's just hard off the iron. Wiggins was five for 12. 
This is the bad Wiggins that we've all been warned about. I'm not saying that Minnesota fans are right by any stretch of the imagination. I'm overall pleased with Wiggins, but just the fact of the matter is he's not meant to be a number two option on this team. That was, of course, supposed to be Clay Thompson. So when Wiggins isn't hitting, especially against a team like the Clippers, the Warriors are going to be in a really, really bad way. At one point early in the third quarter, I think, when the Warriors were struggling to get anything going, struggling to score, they took out Kavon Looney and subbed in Kent Bazemore to try to get more offense. I don't know if anything was wrong with Looney. I don't think so, but that didn't work out too well. I think I think Bazemore came in and just turned the ball over right away. So it was like, oh, nice, great. The thing about Steph really kind of trying to get his team up, like really kind of being vocal in a way that you have rarely, if ever, seen him during a game, is that this idea that losing to the Clippers when you're trailing by that much is okay. Hopefully doesn't believe in its own mediocrity. You know what I mean? Like, I've talked about them being mediocre. Their record says they're mediocre, especially now that they're back at 500. No more messing around at two games above 500, three games above. They are at 500. And have they accepted that? We all know that it would take some kind of freak accident, miracle, whatever, for the Warriors to have a shot at the title. But that doesn't mean that they can just accept getting blown out like this. It's those habits. You know what I mean? And I think that's something these new guys and the young guys need to understand. And good on Steph for being more vocal about it because we know that's never been his style before. Draymond can talk as much as he wants, but Steph realizes that he needs to as well. Now, James Wiseman sitting out because he forgot to take his COVID test. I mean, I'm not going to get too much into that, but the kid's 19 years old. He made a mistake. I don't know the details of it. I'm not even going to speculate. I don't really care. The fact that he kind of made an immature mistake led to him being benched, but then playing in the fourth quarter during garbage time. And he showed out, right? He he definitely could have been used the rest of the game because the Warriors were just getting beaten. They were getting out-rebounded. Looney was just getting pushed around. The Clippers, when you saw them in the first quarter, their starters versus the Warriors starters, you just realized that they were just bigger. And they're not like a big plotting team. It's just like you forget how big Paul George is. And then you see him guarded by Kelly Oubre, who Kelly Oubre, he's not a small dude. He's like 6'7". But Paul George is like 6'8", maybe Six, eight and a half. And he just looked way more commanding against Ubre. Kawhi Leonard, way bigger than Andrew Wiggins. Serge Ibaka, bigger and more skilled and more mobile than Kavon Looney. And then they swap out Looney and put in Pascal, who's even smaller. So it didn't really go well from there. Again, Wiseman would have made a huge difference just by being a big body and giving them a scoring threat when no one else was hitting. I mean, Steph had a bad shooting game. But when Wiseman came in in garbage time against the Clippers bench, he played well. You know, he had great moves. That one kind of, he had a couple nice lefty layups, moves in the post. He hit a three, he hit a long two, he hit a mid-range jumper, and he was fighting for rebounds. Again, this was all against, you know, young backup players, almost like him playing in the G League or something for a quarter. But he showed that tantalizing skill set. I ain't going to get mad at the dude. I'm a huge believer in him. And I think that when it's all said and done, no one will ever, ever think that picking him before LaMelo Ball was a mistake. 
because what he can do on the court has never changed. It's just a question of his confidence, his comfort, his ability to play with Steph and Draymond. And we all know that Steph is so unique that it really, really is its own skill to learn how to play with him. I mean, again, Wiseman, who people keep saying is the most athletic, the fastest guy from one end of the court to the other, that dude can hit threes. He can hit a mid-range. He has post moves. Again, playing against the backup Clippers center, whoever he was, versus, say, Serge Ibaka, who worked him over the last time they played, or DeAndre Ayton, who was just a, a wall of defense against Wiseman, who he couldn't move. Different, but that's what he's able to do on the court. He just needs more seasoning. Just don't trade him. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Anyway, this is the Warriors' first four-game losing streak. And several episodes ago, I talked about how the Warriors, then a few games above 500, are going to run into this schedule, and they have lost every game on that part of the schedule. And I was like, they can go from four games over 500, their best record of the season, to two games under 500 really quickly. And now they're at 500. They played the Utah Jazz and then the Lakers. So there's a very good chance that all those good vibes, those are all going to go away if they don't win either of these games, but also more particularly if they don't play well, if they don't show progress, if they look like they did tonight. That trade deadline is March 25th, so that's coming pretty soon. And if all of a sudden you lose six in a row, you have no choice but to make a move. I'm guessing it's Ubre. I've been talking about how trading Ubre is the thing that makes the most sense. Vubang and I have episodes ago just talked about how are you really going to pay him? And is he really going to want to come off the bench? Because if you keep him and you sign him, there's huge tax implications. But then you have Clay, Wiggins, and Ubre. Who are you putting on the bench? Are you going to put Clay? No. Wiggins, you're going to put $30 million on the bench. Ubre, I mean, who knows how much he's going to cost if you include the, the luxury taxes. And is he going to want to come off the bench? That guy's 25, 26. He is starting. He has gotten the taste of being a starter. He wants to be known as a starter in this league, and he wants to get paid that way, and he wants to play starter minutes. So I think he's going to go. I think he's going to leave. So I think you trade him. For who? I mean, that Oladipo talk, that's, that's enticing, you know? But Vubang and I are going to talk about that in an episode coming up in the next several days. We're going to talk about all that trade stuff. These games, it's like you can't get a, too high, you can't get too low, I guess, because they're just average. It would also would have been nice tonight to see Wiseman play against Serge Ibaka to see how he would fare since he didn't fare too well the last time they played against each other. It would have been interesting to see if it would have been any different. But I guess we'll have to save that for next season because the Clippers win this season series two games to one. Hopefully he gets to play against Gobert. That will be interesting in the next one. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to tell your Warrior fan friends to listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. You can also listen to the podcast episodes on the National Film Society YouTube channel, youtube.com slash National Film Society. I'm going to start uploading stuff there. That's it. 
music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.